Good morning, and welcome to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. Putnam County is getting closer to making decisions on new construction for not one project, but possibly two. In January, the county commission heard from the Board of Education concerning their proposal for a new school. Their proposal includes grades pre-K through 8. The location would be near the industrial park off Lee Seminary Road, and this land was purchased last year by the Board of Education. The price for completion for the new school is estimated to be $48 million. Just this week, the county commission heard from Mary Randy Porter and Sheriff Eddie Ferris concerning a jail court's expansion on a, on a building at a new location. This would include up to 800 new beds. The jail and court's expansion could be added onto the existing facility in downtown Cookville. The jail expansion would go east out into the current parking lot. It would be multiple levels. The court's expansion would go south into the parking lot. The cost for these expansions would be 55 to $75 million, depending on how many beds are needed. This is What's Trending. I'm your host, Ben Rogers, and my guests today are NM Director of Schools, Corby King, Mary Randy Porter, and Chef Eddie Ferris. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, morning, Ben. Thank morning. y'all for being here. I've had you all three on, so I'm, you either enjoy being here or you feel like you're obligated to be here. <laughs> but thanks for coming back and being with me because I, I appreciate y'all being here. Um, as you know, this show is about what's going on in not only Putnam County, but our area. And I try to address that as much as possible. And this is trending. It's a big topic in our county in Putnam County. Of course, I'm a commissioner and, and, and I'm involved as, as, as you are. There's been a lot of discussion on both projects for a year or more, actually. And the jails have been going longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, shortly after you come in, you, you told us, Sheriff, that you weren't going to address it now. We had other needs and we're going to wait. But couple years after that we started talking we'll get in that process the school's been going on for a year or more also we've actually had some formal discussion uh as a as two legislative bodies the school board and the county commission the last few weeks it's all going to come down to the commission's vote right. and what they decide to fund and how much debt capacity is available and, and randy will get into that as well what we know this is what we know now we're estimating it would cost the county around sixty-five to seventy-five thousand dollars for every one million dollar that is borrowed. That's based on the bond rates, right, Randy? That's and that correct. Changes every day. Fluctuates every day. So we know in that area, um, if you if you spend uh, eighty million dollars on you know the the jail edition or a new jail, the court edition and a new school, if you spend eighty million dollars, you're going to about about six million dollars in new debt service. Uh, a year so that's additional six million dollars we're right around 15 million dollars a year now we fluctuate between 13 and 17 really uh and debt payments every year so corby i want to start with you sure um first of all congratulations on being named interim director of schools thank you and and you when you're doing great so far and you were assistant director how long were you assistant director a little over two years uh, two two and a half years and you were attendance coordinator i believe for a little over eight years before that you've been to central office for a while so you you didn't come in just uh unexperienced you've been involved right you've also been involved with these conversations that's why i bring it up concerning a new school potentially closing down another school uh since the discussions began how long has the Board of Education been discussing the need for a new school? Uh, you know, Ben, this goes back several years now. Uh, we've been looking at our growth numbers. You know, Putnam County, we're growing. Uh, and as that's happening and we're looking at the uh, at our facilities and some of the aging facilities, uh, we went through a study with a group. Uh, it's been three, four years ago now out of Nashville uh, that made recommendations about our facilities, our growth, what, what they project as our growth, and, and future needs. And one of those is the need to replace the Parkview facility due to the cost of renovation of that particular building, that particular facility. So uh, the board identified the need for a K-4 school, and uh, 
that's where the purchase of the property out on Lee Seminary, it was born out of that need. Uh, we've got to have a new school. We need to grow the capacity as well of that building. Uh, currently, the, the Parkview facility uh, is ready to hold um, around uh, 500 students, and we're looking to increase that capacity to around 600 to manage some of the growth and help us deal with that. Uh, as well as just kind of move it out of the city center a little bit. We, we struggle, and we'll talk. I know you mentioned zoning. We'll talk, but we've got this kind of donut hole in the middle of uh, town where all of our schools are located, and we right. need to move those out to also help manage some of that growth and enrollment. So this has been on the radar, the K-4 uh, portion uh, or need for us for several years. And as we began having these conversations, we hear over and over from community members that they really like the K-8 concept, that they want us to build a K-8 when we build. It's just more convenient for families. It's easier to get in and out of. And as we are continuing to grow, there is going to be a need for that 5-8 as well. So in that discussion, that's what led us to, you know, the K-8 in the design that was proposed to you all in the county commission a few weeks ago. Very good. So Parkview is held again? Oh, gosh, I don't Built back in the 50s, I 50s. Think. Back in the 50s. 50s is, thank you. And it's K through 4 now, or is it pre, uh, pre-K, pre-K through 4? Pre-K 4. And basically, this new school, uh, because the property's been purchased at Lee Seminary, how much was the property that, that the board paid for at Lee Seminary? 650, 675, I believe. Was it 15,000 an acre or something? 15,000 an acre and 40-something acres. And y'all paid cash for that. It wasn't Yes, borrowed. it came out. It wasn't come out of fund balance. That's correct. came out so of our fund balance. cash paid for that land. It wasn't borrowed through the county commission. They, no. Of course, the school board under Title 49 has a right to purchase property. But Title 49 doesn't give the school board the right to issue debt. That's That's correct. the county commission's responsibility. It's one of the reasons we're here discussing. Correct. Um, so Parkview would be replaced you would still have that school. Don't know exactly what y'all would do with that right. at this point, but it'd still be your property. Uh, K through four or K through eight, uh, the the proposal is K through eight by the board. So it would yes. go out near the industrial park. Right. And then you would have a brand new school, but you would have staff that came over from Parkview. And That's then you would correct. have a de- indeed for additional staff. And we'll get into some staffing stuff later. Sure. Just kind of want to throw that in with the jail staffing as well. Sure. Um, the enrollment in Putnam County is growing overall, student enrollment. Yes. What's the fastest age group uh, growing in the county right now? Uh, the fastest growing group is in the K-4, our elementary enrollment. Uh, it, it's We're gaining 100, 100, 150 students a year in that K-4 uh, population. So, uh, And that's been our trend for several years. I mean, And we re- remain flat around 1% growth, but the last couple of years we've seen a bump and we're closer to 2%. And now that we're at 12,000 students, when you look pre-K-12, you know, that one or two percent is two to three hundred students a year that we're growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we don't want to have happen is get into a situation like what you see in, in a Rutherford County or Wilson County where we're outgrowing the, you know, the building uh, projects that are happening. True. So we're trying to stay ahead of the curve as we propose these as well. And the last projects the school board and county commission did for schools was uh, Monterey High School. And up in the middle, middle. yes, sir. And yes. that was in one, Randy. That was in one bond that issue. Was in one bond what issue. What was the yes. total bond on that? Fifty-five, mid fifties. I don't remember the exact number, but it seemed like fifty-two point eight comes back to mind. But that's mm-hmm. off the top of my head. And I bring that up because the county commission can uh, do one bond issue for several projects. That's, that's why I bring it up because we're talking about maybe doing one issue for three or two projects. We got, you know, we're considering now. So those are the last two schools. 
Obviously, costs have went up. Yes. Um, but and that's just the growth in the community. When we talk to the architects, and I'm not sure what those came in cost per square foot, but these are estimated at $215 uh, per square foot for uh, these this school project. I believe so, Upperman Middle opened in 15 or 14. I think that's, let's see, they're five years. This is five years. So, okay. And then Upper Monterey High School opened the up a year, year, year after. Yes. So, those are last projects we're still paying on that debt because I think they're over twenty year notes. But we've we're, we're hopefully structured our debt where we can not backloading, and we'll get into that some more right. later. But those are the last two projects. This is the next project you're needing, uh, K through eight. Uh, is that the only school need right now for the board? For right now, that's our primary need and our primary focus. I know there's a lot of talk in the community. A lot of folks would like to have an, a, a new high school. Uh, just based on the size of Cooble High School, you know, where it's 2,300 students. But the reality is we have so many other programs through uh, dual enrollment uh, opportunities, students that are moving off campus for that, some online opportunities through our VITAL program. Uh, around t- 2,000 to 2,100 students at any one time is what might be in that building where, where the enrollment's around 2,300 and as, as we continue to grow and expand those offerings for high schools, we're finding those very popular for our upperclassmen, especially juniors and seniors, and for families. So we're hoping to be able to manage that growth at the high school level through those type programs, and whether it be at, at a, the Cooble Higher Education Campus or at uh, a TCAT Center or as they're coming in, just kind of manage some of that growth in our high school and may not have that need, immediate need, for uh, a new high school like some of the community are, are hoping we can move forward with soon. Yeah, there are a lot of options with a high school. Correct. As you mentioned, a lot of training available that high school, other the current high schools can chip in. Sheriff, I don't want to change quite to the jail yet, but I want to talk about SROs right quick because sure. the commission actually was able to put an SRO in every school this last year. You have one at Parkview. Absolutely. That person will transfer to a new school if it's built, which which it's coming. We just don't know when. Do you see a need for another SRO if it's a K through eight? No, I don't think we'd need another one at K through eight. What we're what we're looking at now, uh, if we needed another one at some point here in the near future, would probably be back at the high school. Okay, uh, where that's Mr. correct. King mentioned that we've got. Uh, 2300 enrollment so right now we have currently two sros out there and it sure would be nice to sure. probably place a third one out there at some point i think it's mm-hmm. a good thing the commission right. did to get those sros in the schools i think everybody was for that um it, com, school high school what's the capacity there 2500 so they're at 23 now you got mm-hmm. a little bit of room but still that's a lot of students so mm-hmm. uh we've been talking about schools we're going to get to we're going to continue talking about schools we're going to get to the jail and the courts with sheriff harris and mayor porter as well get some input from corby uh mr king is uh continuing on the schools when we come back you're listening to news talk 94.1 fm at 1600 a.m we'll be back in just shortly Welcome back to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. This has been Rogers, your host. I'm with Mary Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and Interim Director of Schools, Corby King. And we're talking about projects in Putnam County. And the big discussion here in the last few weeks, and over actually for a year or two, is a new school and maybe addition to the jail and addition to the courts. Corby, we, we're talking about some school stuff. We did not touch on the zoning sure. issue. And the board has recently uh, made some changes, I believe, uh, to the elementary enrollment and zoning. What were those changes? Right. So, and this was actually passed, Ben, uh, in 2019 by the board in February of 2019 to change the school zones, and that's to help manage some of the growth in Putnam County in our school system. Uh, but we opted to give families time at that, at that time to give families time to adjust to the new zones 
So <clears throat> as we are getting ready for kindergarten enrollment in April, that's why this is becoming such a hot topic again, because those zones do go into effect for next school year. Uh, the reason being, we have four, primarily four elementary schools that are driving uh, this decision right now, the need for why now, why do we have to? Because this is an emotional thing issue for families, and it's difficult for us in the school system as well not to allow more choice. But, you know, the choice is either you add space or you utilize what's there. Uh, we have four schools that are over 95% of their capacity. Uh, all good elementary uh, today is just a little over 100%. Uh, Jerry Whitson at 102%. Uh, Prescott South Elementary, 98 and Sycamore at 95 In those four schools, we have to do something. And when we talk about capacity, that's based on the, the core classroom space we have available and the uh, student-teacher ratios, the maximum student class size we can have in those school or in those classrooms. So for a K-3, your maximum class size would be 25, and for a fourth grade, it would be 30 students, but you have to average 20 and 25. So you really can't put that many students in every classroom. So those four schools are driving this discussion, and at the same time, we've got our other schools that are uh, close to or below 85% of their capacity. So the goal in this zoning was to move all of our schools before we build and we come to the commission, hey, we've got to have additions at these buildings or we need to build a new school. Let's maximize the space that we have available. Uh, what we would like to do is get all of our elementary schools uh, close to 90% capacity. And so that's that's the challenge that the zoning committee had. The, uh, this was a full committee of people that studied this for almost a year before the recommendation to the board and the goal was to get our schools uh, at or below 90, 90% capacity. And that's if they're hard zoned. And we're not there. We're not, we're not proposing hard zoning. We're not looking at that. We do want to allow some flexibility and choice for parents. But unfortunately, at those four schools that are 95% capacity and above, that choice is not going to be there. It, we, we do have to bring those numbers down. And in order to do that, it's only going to be to allow the students in the zone the, the opportunity to attend those schools. We don't want to get into a situation like we had when All Good uh, first opened. And some of you, I know Mayor Porter, you'll remember, and Sheriff, you probably will as well. When All Good first opened, we had students who lived uh, within a block of All Good that we were having to bust Avery Tracing back because we didn't have capacity to get right. those who lived in the zone in that school. So we want to make sure that students who are in the in the zone uh, have the opportunity to, to attend their zone school. Uh, so that's also driving part of this. But then again, as a, you know, we've mentioned several times that we are growing. Uh, all of our schools, when we look at our capacity, we're at about 88% capacity of our schools. And that's the need, again, for this new school when we propose a K-4, K-8, whatever, whatever this ends up being, is to increase that student capacity as well so that we have some growth room. So the zoning, the changes were made based on kind of common sense approach as far as location of students and try to help your overall capacity. Sure, and, and we feel like that. And, and I know there's still some families, and we still hear there are going to be some situations that a family might be closer to one school than the one that they're zoned to attend. And that goes back to, you know, I talked about how all of our schools are kind of right around, we, we call it a little donut hole there in the in, around the city center within like a two-mile radius is where our elementary schools are located. 
So it is possible that, you know, just distance or drive time, you might be closer to school A, but you're zoned to school B. And there's lots of things that went into consideration for that. Primarily, you know, when you look at bus routes, safe routes for students, getting them to and from school, that was a primary driving factor. Uh, but as well, also the capacity of the schools and just trying to spread the population. Uh, Sheriff, I know you're, you're aware the bulk of our population in Putnam County is right around Cookville, Cookville city limits. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so we've got to move some of our population out of that city center a little bit into these other schools. Are you seeing the population around Cookville growing? You know, towards it's spreading. Baxter, it towards is. All Good, a- absolutely. There, there's a lot of growth uh, moving west toward Baxter. All Good's been, been booming for quite some time several now, years. several years. Mm-hmm. And, and that growth is expanding towards uh, Baxter heading west. Uh, just developers, that's where land's available, I think. So that's where the uh, housing development or, or subdivisions, the, the plots, the p- apartments that are going in, all of that seems to be kind of moving west and driving some of our student uh, population in that direction. For so. the first time, you're seeing more houses being built out in the rural part of the county than you're seeing in the city limits of Cookville, sure. which is unusual. Uh, if you look back the stats over the last five years, we've had over 900 houses a single-family residential built out in the rural part of the county, and you've had like 700 inside the city limits of Cookville. So most of the land in those subdivisions has been eat up uh, that were available, sure. and so now those developers are looking outside in the rural part of the county for, for housing. So we're, we've had a huge building boom going on, so it doesn't surprise me that the school right. enrollment is up. Those folks are moving here from somewhere. Yes, and I think as long as our community continues you know, to have the job offerings, we're, mm. we're bringing in new factories, new job opportunities for families, we're going to continue to see that growth, and that's a good thing for our community. Yes. Right quick, before I leave you uh for a little bit Elfman elementary's been vacant for a while burks elementary took that place and of course burks is k through eight or pre-k through eight Mm -hmm. um so elfman's been vacant is there any news on moving that (laughs) property uh doing something with that property has the board decided anything so we have advertised you know with lots of regulations we can't just post that property for sale like you might your home and contact a realtor and put that on the market and, and set a price and here we go so we have to advertise, accept bids. We've gone through that process several times. And we have what interest that we have seen on that property, quite frankly, is just not feasible. It just doesn't make sense for the school system to let it go with the, with the bids that we've come in that have come in through that process. So uh, in, in recent discussions, and we're still looking, but now we're, we're talking if we're not going to be able to generate any revenue from that property, uh, a, a good use might be to just uh, – uh, demo the building uh, and you know let's raise that uh, fix the grounds and possibly put some athletic fields primarily I, I would think a soccer field a practice football field and things for uh, Burks and for Monterey High School uh, for no more than what we're going to receive from the property it just makes sense that we could use that overflow they need the space both of those schools are landlocked there in Monterey there's no room for growth, and those students need some opportunities to uh, participate in those athletic uh, events that take place outdoors. So, sure. So that's the recent discussion. So moving towards corrections and courts, I'm looking at the, the sheriff and the mayor. Sheriff, the county commission, I think it's around five years ago, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, voted to enter into a partnership with, a, with state agencies um, and create a community corrections partnership. What is the community corrections partnership? Um, and what is its charge? Well, it's basically to assist and measure uh, and address jail issues. 
uh, we're not the only county, as you know, uh, being with CTAS that's overcrowded in our jail. In fact, most of the counties in Tennessee are overcrowded, and there's about 15,000 inmates, state inmates, uh, that scattered out amongst the county jails uh, across the state that we're holding. So that impacts everybody sure. when we're holding. But uh, So the you're right, the resolution was passed back on 23rd of February of 2015, and we've been meeting regularly since then. Mm. And the partnership and, and the, the community partnership consists of the, the mayor, the sheriff, jail administrator, general sessions judge, criminal court judge, the chairman of physical review committee, and the chairman of the planning committee. And we've had several others, uh, county commissioners and so on, that's been joining us. Uh, helping in that process. Sure. It's been a useful tool because um, you also include TCI, Tennessee Corrections Institute, which Bob Bass has been very instrumental. He's been in corrections for I don't know how long, years. Um, it utilizes my agency, County Technical Assistance Service, and Jim Hart. He's our jail administrative consultant, and he's a wealth of knowledge, um, over 30 years' experience. So you, you that committee gives the – People in Putnam County, and as you mentioned, you and the jail administrator and judges uh, that have been involved and some uh, clerks of court that's been involved, an opportunity to sit around the table and talk about the needs, utilize the state, utilize CTAS and get their expertise, uh, talk to architects, talk to engineers. Uh, and it's been a good start. Some counties, not all counties adopt the Community Corrections Partnership and utilize that committee. I know Warren County, I got actually a phone call today about their committee. Uh, they utilize it. They expand, or they're trying to look to expand. Um, it's a good committee, and it's offered good input. I want, We're about to close this segment. I want to get back into that when we return just a little bit about that partnership because there, obviously there's been a lot of discussion um, and a lot of meetings there, and I want to know, I actually I talked to you about the committee concerns and kind of what they're recommending at this point because we're right at the time to make a decision. So we, we come back. You're listening to News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. This is Ben Rogers, your host, and my guests are Mayor Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and assistant, or Interim uh, Director of Schools now. Sorry, Corby, you're no longer uh, assistant. Yeah. Interim Director. <laughs> Director of Schools, Corby King, all from Putnam County, and we'll continue to talk about the projects in Putnam County in week return. Welcome back to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. This has been Rogers. Continue to visit with Mayor Randy Porter from Putnam County, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and Interim Director of Schools, Corby King. What's trending now is the, the discussion of projects in Putnam County, and that includes a new school in addition to the jail, in addition to the court system. Sheriff, we're talking about the Community Corrections Partnership before we left last segment, uh, made up of, a, of, of vested people uh, in the county and also made up of uh, state people that can offer expertise. They've been meeting, as you said, for five years coming up, uh, actually this week uh, or next week. The What has the committee um, – what was their concerns? You've been in this thought process when we when they first started, and I've joined the committee the last couple of years since I'm the chairman of the commission. But what have been their concerns? They've talked about inside the committee. Well, first of all, I mean we we've needed some jail space for probably the last ten years, way before I was elected sheriff. So having new jail space is nothing new. Um, but the commission, the committee, really, um, what I feel like it does the best is sort of take the second guess out of what what I think I need as a sheriff here in Putnam County and we sort of take the blinders off. And we're looking at not just what we need here, but what's other counties done that's relevant to our size and so on and so forth. And as you mentioned with the state partners to make sure that the way we're seeing it is the way it really is and what we need. So thus far, uh, the the partnership has really recommended that, that 
that we build in the, the lower parking lot, as you mentioned earlier, and and uh, the studies all that we're looking at need somewhere around the neighborhood of 600 bed space extra. Uh, right now, we're we're holding around 400, averaging about 400 inmates uh, per day. Uh, our bed space in our jail facility now is 252. Uh, the good thing about the numbers I'm telling you is most of the counties that's our size are holding between four and 600 inmates. So we're about where we should be, and except really on the lower side. Uh, but our facility, we've just outgrown our facility. So that is what we're trying to address. And TCI, Tennessee Corrections Institute, has worked with you and, and your staff and uh, Major Nash, the jail administrator, about housing those inmates. And because you have the option of either putting them in another county and you're going to pay that county a daily fee, and it could be anything, you know, whatever their contract says, you're going to pay for the medical. You're just basically placing them in another county. And you're, we're, as a county, we're paying for that cost. But TCI said, okay, if you want to keep 400, we're going to allow you to do that. Absolutely. If you remember when I came in, one of the things that elected, we stopped sending inmates to other counties. Now, we do have to send a one disease and two disease every now and then there based on maybe the charge and what's going on, that kind of thing. But we're spending up near $400,000 a year when I first came into office for paying for our inmates to go to these other counties. We're down to... Uh, 50 or below right now and so we want to keep that and try to keep that money in-house uh, and those do those sort of things but uh, but it is a challenging uh, task to try to manage and 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 hold 400 inmates uh, it re- virtually it does away with our classification when we're holding that many inmates so it's very difficult uh, to do but but we're managing but but really it's time to move forward and it, I've said this many times as a sheriff. If I had uh, a lot of a big pot of money I could use for anything, I certainly would like to go out and try to prevent crime from happening. But uh, as you know, one of the major uh, TCA state laws in Tennessee at, for the sheriff is, is to run and operate and manage mm-hmm. the jail facility. So that's what we've got to do. And so we're at the crossroads now where we got to have some more space. And TCIs, they've not put you on notice as far as you're not in compliance. They, the, you're, the staff is doing everything they're supposed to be doing, but they have put the county on notice that something needs to be done. Absolutely. And we, so ever since before I came into office, the jail has been under a plan of action. And, and basically, uh, what that says is we're doing everything correct except we're overcrowded. Right. So we're having to manage that and do. All the things that we can. The state fire marshal has certainly been uh, in our facility a number of times. They are uh, working with us uh, on those numbers, and so we've been doing all we can to manage uh, and to uh, really buy some time while this process goes down the road. And one of your biggest uh, issues, I guess, that's caused the overcrowding is your female population has grown. Absolutely. So right now we currently have 32 uh, beds for, for 32 inmates, female inmates. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were at 109 capacity, so it's really challenging. That's challenging, and it also brings in all kinds of opportunity for something to happen with that many people. It is. It certainly puts the county at more liability. And so, and one of the issues, and, and it's certainly not the county commission's uh, fault, I'm certainly not going that direction, but we've had a lot of needs sent in the office. You mentioned that earlier. We've addressed those needs, and the needs, and uh, we've been able to do that through uh, the county commission's approval. However, uh, when you have that many inmates for that facility, we have not increased our uh, correction officers, uh, correction deputies in that capacity. So really, 
you know, it's really challenging to manage 400 inmates, not just because it's overcrowded. We just really don't have the, the, the manpower to do that as well. So, Is the current, and you and I actually haven't talked about this, I guess I'm putting you on the spot, the current design of the facility now, is it conducive to operating efficiently for a jail? And you had nothing to do with that design. I mean, that was built in 1992, the current yeah. jail facility. In your opinion, is it conducive for success uh, well, at handling inmates properly? I mean, It is, and it was certainly the state of the art at the time. Uh, but it is still conducive, and it, uh, it's, it's really held up well for us. Uh, as you know, when you're operating a facility such as a jail, I mean, it's not, it's not like a house. It, it's something... It's, it's constant all the time, so the maintenance is just uh, really, uh, uh, really a tasking uh, thing just to, to keep up. And uh, whether it's uh, cleaning or, or painting or, or uh, changing light bulbs, I mean, it's it's a twenty four hour facility all the time. Mm-hmm. It's being worked and used constantly. So yes, it is managing. Uh, it is a good facility to continue to use. I think we certainly got a lot more use out of that. Uh, we have been. Since I've been elected and, and Mayor Porter, we've done several upgrades to the facility that needed to be done uh, inside the jail part as well as the, the maintenance part of it as well. So, um, And there's a little bit more to do, but uh, it, it's holding its own. It's doing well. The options uh, as far as – and you don't – you not going to speak about the courts, and I understand that you are the sheriff. You're, you're, main, you're law enforcement and corrections, and I, so we'll let – Mayor Porter talk about the courts and put him on the spot, but the jail options right now. We did, I mentioned one, uh, and there's options within building out of the parking lot. If you're standing in the east parking lot at the Justice Center, and that's exactly where the expansion is proposed to go. That is, and so we've we've been working with the architect as you mentioned earlier, and uh, we've come up what we believe is a really good plan, uh, and and actually about four plans to look at based on what the county commission may pass. Uh, but, yeah, one of the plans that we initially looked at was a 600-bed capacity with another 200 shelled in so we could add those later. Uh, everything from, from about 550 beds additionally with no space to expand. So, uh, But that would be somewhat a, like a five-story building and be hooked on to the building we got now, be everything enclosed. As you know, it's much safer when we are able to keep the inmates inside and travel to and from courtrooms inside through our tunnel and and uh, uh, that direction versus having to get them outside and shackle them and transport them in vehicles, that that'd make it much more difficult. So uh, I'm pleased. That's where I would suggest as a sheriff that we put it. Uh, uh, I've been to several facilities and looked around and, and uh, been in this business a long time. And I certainly, if we can keep everything in one spot, it certainly makes it much easier. Yeah, there's 252 beds now. There, the one of the proposals is six hundred finished more, six hundred finished more. That puts you at eight fifty two. Of course, you're going to do a little bit. You'd have to do a little bit of adjusting over at the current facility. Uh, and it will the bed, um, the beds change the, there. The bed space won't change okay. there, uh, other than just expanding the kitchen and some of the laundry and some of the other things of that nature to to handle the capacity and, and help the new building. So that part wouldn't change. But uh, but yeah, and and you mentioned the numbers, but that's something that we. You know, it's hard to, to decide, hard to tell. we obviously looking at growth, as you know, and you mentioned earlier, but not just for schools, but for everything. We're growing uh, at a drastic pace here. So we're trying to project, uh, and we feel like if we had a 600 additional beds, that would take us somewhere between 20 and 25 years uh, and, and hope that that happens. But that's that's what we're hoping to do. Certainly, if, 
if we have to do less, we will. But just, you know, the commission and the public would have to realize that, that we're probably not going to be able to take it out 20 years. Right. If we keep growing at the pace we are now. Is there an option to uh, maybe do 400 finished beds in the shell for 400 more? Um, no, I don't think that's an option. I think the, the, the least option that we got, uh, Mayor, if I'm correct, is like 538 beds finished. Right. Uh, and that would be it with no uh, space to expand. So we have some different options on the table, but uh, uh, but I think we need to be somewhere close to that 600 bed additionally to, to get us out to that 20-year mark. Yeah, and, and putting a shell for 200 more would even be more beneficial. Absolutely. That way you could Absolutely. take the money. And that's, you know, if you have the shell, that's one part, and outfitting it inside's another, but it's not going to be as expensive uh as doing another new pod, I guess you could say. Certainly. So at 538 beds or 58 beds, what's the price tag on that? That's the least option. What's the What, what did the architect say? I, I think we're looking at 35 to About 40 30. million, mm-hmm. something like that on that, that one. Now, we'll, we'll get back to the jail a little bit too. Um, Actually, in the next segment, we'll talk about courts as well. But I want to make sure everybody understands that the, the uh, Community Corrections Partnership has recommended to add on. They're a big part of this. They're not the final say. The county commission's the final say. Everybody knows that. But they have at, recommended adding on to the current facility. There has been talk about what if you want to go to a green site. We'll mention that briefly when we come back. Uh, you're listening to News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. This has been Rogers. I continue to visit with Mary Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and M Director of Schools, Corby King from Putnam County. Sheriff, we talked about a couple options for the addition of the new jail, and, and we mentioned on the low end, 558 beds uh, with no room to expand. It'll be around uh, $35 million. The other option, probably more appeasing to growth and, and the long-term situation, is 600 beds finished with a shell built for 200 more to be finished later on. Correct. What's the cost on that? We're, we're nearing around $50 million. $50 million. So $15 million difference. Yeah, and the other two plans are in between that. Sure. Sure. So 35 to 50 would be the range. Um, and we haven't addressed the court system, but we're going to now. The court system, if you're standing, I guess, on the uh, south side of the Justice Center where you can go into the, the court's uh, the Justice Center, that's where they're talking about expanding out in that parking lot. And we, So we're having expansion east. We would have an expansion south. We're obviously taking up parking there. Yes. You've been diligent on trying to find us more land. Yes. Um. We we don't have an exact cost, but anywhere between two and a half, three million dollars. From what is out there, you have some options on some land mm-hmm. that would provide us parking. So we're taking up parking with new additions, but we're finding land to create more parking. Absolutely, I've had options for several parcels of land around the Justice Center for the last year, year and a half. Um, you, we just added a new parking lot where we uh, almost finished. We just like paving where we added fifty five new parking spaces there to Corner of Spring and and uh spring and maple uh we have these options on these other parcels the the key though is or the issue is is that folks that own those parcels we've been holding for a long time waiting so they're getting a little bit antsy as as far as uh, they're having other offers from other people and so forth to to buy them but uh, parking is going to be an issue it's an issue now i think the thing that in the future is going to People are going to get used to walking just a little bit, maybe, that instead of being able to park right next to the building and walk in, they may be walking a half a block or block or something from the building to get in. But parking is going to be an issue, but it's not something we can't resolve. And as we discussed at the work session, I mean, the we, we, we know we have a need for uh, jail. We had a work session with the schools last month. We know we have a need for school. 
the commissions, though, the com- county commission's need right now or decision is to add on where they want to add on. That way you can purchase a land because right. these options are going to run out. Well, that's the key decision they have to make here in the next month or, or so is is do we build addition to the jail where it's currently located, which I think is the best idea also. Uh, you've already got the jail there, and you're not duplicating services and having inmates being driven in patrol cars to court again. Uh, but they've got to make that decision probably be on the agenda for the March meeting. And then if they do do that, then we need to exercise the options on this property to be able to have the extra land for for a parking. When you start looking, we're just shy of 100,000 people going through the Justice Center in a year's time. I think it was about 97,000, 98,000 last time, wasn't it, Sheriff? Right at 98,000. In 2019, those people aren't all coming there for – because they've done a crime you've got people coming to serve on jury you've got people coming to get passports all kinds of things paying property taxes in the in the in the uh, the clerk's office so there's uh, there's a lot of other issues that bring people there but uh, ultimately when the jail grows and the county grows and the justice center grows schools grows uh, we're a growing county and we've got to address some of these issues so uh, the court system you mean you mentioned that many people come through the courts the expansion, uh, would have, what would that include on the court side? Looking at a couple more courtrooms, the biggest problem is General Sessions Court, standing room only, lots of days in General Sessions. So looking at a bigger courtroom that would handle maybe 300 plus, um, so that would be the biggest option, uh, biggest addition. And then you've got circuit court clerk, her office is maxed, people are sitting on top of each other, she needs more room. Um, so that's all figured into an expansion to the Justice Center. The key is going to be is how do we do this? How do we pay for it? Uh, do we stagger it? Uh, that's some of the decisions going to be made by the commission coming up in the next month or two. I'm glad you brought that up. What's the What would it look like adding a new courts, uh, adding a court system or new courtrooms and offices? What would it look like on the price tag? Estimation right now is about eighteen to twenty million. Uh, all these numbers are estimates for the schools, for the jail, for everything. I think as we get further and work into those numbers, I think they can be they can be worked down a little maybe, but uh, ultimately it's going to be what we can afford to do. And I think the way that that happens is is that we all work together, as we always do in Putnam County as a team, to make sure that we do what we can afford. And ultimately there's only so much bonding capacity that the county has unless we raise taxes, and I don't think there's an appetite for that right now. So – I think we've got to look at trying to live within our means and figuring out what we can do to address all these issues, maybe on a staggered basis as we go forward. So let's talk about the debt issuance. Um, Currently, and we've discussed this, of course, you and I talk a lot, Randy, about our finances and current situation. And, um, you know, we're thinking we could probably do a bond issue around 80 million and not affect affect our revenue as far as raising taxes to pay for that bond issue. So we're looking at about 80 million. We have three projects, really. I said two earlier, but really it's three with a school, new school, add addition to the jail, uh, and addition to the court system. Can we leave one out now? Uh, do we have to have the courts and the jail to be successful? Can we wait on the court system? I, I mean, uh, my my opinion, speak, uh, speaking strictly for me, would be is that we have to stagger some of this. There's no way that you can do these kind of building projects all at once especially over around the Justice Center. There's no way, I don't think, to do the jail and the Justice Center at the same time. I think it would be too disruptive to the whole thing. So I think the jail is the most uh, urgent need that we have. And then once you get that uh, done in that area, then maybe you can do the uh, the court expansion. Uh, ultimately, bond uh, 
bond prices are, are low right now. We can get a good interest rate. We just refinanced a, a bond, got 1.4%, which is almost unheard of. Um, so we just got we got to look at our debt capacity. Thankfully, we've had a good county commission and good elected officials, department heads over the last several years. Uh, we've been able to lower our debt. We came into office, Eddie and I did, and... 2014, the county had $237 million in debt. We paid off over $100 million of that in the last five years and haven't issued any new debt until we purchased the land for the new Fairgrounds and Expo. So we've done really good over the last five years, but we're really growing as a county, and we're going to have to make sure that we don't get behind the eight ball like Corby's talked about and and not have these projects planned. But I don't think we can build them all at one time either. Is $80 million capacity safe to say we're, we're safe there without raising taxes? I mean – I think so. Where the where the revenue is growing is in sales tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've been able to use a lot of the sales tax money over the last few years and putting doing all kinds of capital projects. Uh, we're looking at putting a new roof on almost every school that we have in the county. The justice center has got to have a new roof in the next year or two. The courthouse just got one. Uh, we've chillers and boilers and HVAC and a couple of the schools that didn't have it in the gyms, uh, all kinds of capital projects that we've done over the last several years, we've been using that extra sales tax money. Once we get those worked out, and the biggest being the Cookwell High School that we're starting a roof on this year and, and complete next year, uh, we'll be able to use that sales tax money for the bond capacity. Uh, and then you have to decide, do you do 20-year bonds, 25-year bonds? Uh, it's going to be a decision that the county commission is going to make. So, Corby, the the request from the board of education is a, a pre K through eight, mm-hmm. around forty eight million. <clears throat> what would a <clears throat> K through pre K through four look like, price tag wise? Right. So, if if we did K four uh, again, this being a project that would be scalable to in the future, add the five eight on, uh, we're looking around thirty five million, and that's that's to furnish the building, have it open, ready for student. Uh, occupancy so you you know 35 million requests from school board at the low end for the jail 35 million that's 70 million if we do what's uh probably recommended for the long term for the jail 50 million you're right at 85 million that's something we could probably bear um uh, close but it would leave the courts down the road it, it would and we have to remember in 2025 2026 our our debt drops considerably uh, the past debt and, and, and previous debt that was issued by the county had been backloaded, so you were paying very little up front those first few years, and then towards the end of the bond, you were paying off a lot of it in big payments. So our debt capacity will drastically improve coming up in 2026. So over the next three or four years, if we can stagger some of these projects, uh, we can probably get by without uh, being able to do all of them. Uh, without having to raise taxes as far as the bond issuance goes. So if we, st- we have a little over a minute left. So we started building uh, a jail today, or actually the process, and the school. What's the time frame on a jail? Well, uh, we've been working with the architects and the builder, uh, one of the building uh, construction companies out of Nashville, Bell Construction, who we really like, who's built several, several jails uh, and state prisons. Um so we're probably looking six to eight months before they had even start, mm-hmm. and then probably another two-year project to get it completed. So, we're, so we're three probably years, three years, three years down, out. close to three years down the road. But what about yeah. school? Right, uh, same similar timeline. We're looking at being able to open the school uh, 2023, uh, fall 2023 is when we'd like to have it open and, and ready to go. So with any new construction, you're going to have new operation costs, and we hadn't even talked about that. And but we but it's the standard staffing. 
uh, maintenance, utilities, uh, data processing and software, running the, the infrastructure for your technology. That would all be a factor for all this. Now, fortunately, we're not talking about paying for that now because, as you said, two and a half, three years for a school, two and a half, three years for the jail. Uh, court system that would come into those budgets but something the county commission's got to be preparing for absolutely absolutely gentlemen thank y'all so much uh y'all been wonderful guests i'll probably have you back on shortly after the commission makes up their mind uh and and, and makes a vote to see what they're going to do as far as issuing a bond are they going to do 80 million are they going to do 50 million are they going to do 100 million uh we don't know but we'll know in the next few months this has been trending and ben rogers uh as your host with Mary Randy Porter, Sheriff Eddie Ferris, and uh, Director of Schools, Corby King. Thank you all so much, and we'll be back next week for another episode. Have a good day.